0: God will lift you high.
1: Calvary, where Jesus bled
0: and died for me. I see his wounds, his hands.
2: everybody. Welcome. I love to see those of you online and just be able to worship Jesus this morning. Guys, uh, we just could not be more thankful because, listen, the, the church of God can't stop, won't stop. Amen? Jesus is alive. He's reigning. We're going to continue to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so a few things that we want to share with you is that we're doing our part here at Crossroads to stop this virus. And so um, that's why we're gathering all online this morning. So we gathered last night online at six o'clock, and then we'll be online at nine thirty and at eleven a.m. this morning online. And so a few things that we have a privilege of doing during this pandemic is to really reach out to our communities. And so um, starting on Monday, what we're encouraging everybody to do is, um, is you know, as you as you guys gather supplies at your local grocery stores to. Grab a paper bag just like this and fill it with non-perishable items because we're partnering with Blessings in a Backpack. And so we're going to be giving out groceries and supplies to those in our communities who really need it. And so this is an opportunity for us as the body of Christ to reach out to our community. So you can take a bag like this and fill it with non-perishable items and you can drop it off in the lobby starting Monday morning. Uh, We'll have the door open if it's raining. You can walk right in. You can leave it on the porch, uh, whatever you're most comfortable with, and then we'll take it from there. But, guys, this is an incredible opportunity for us to reach out to those in our communities who are are searching striving for hope right now. And so that's just an incredible opportunity we have. The other thing I want to mention, too, is that as we continue to see lives changed by Jesus, and we're seeing it because people are stretching for hope, they're hurting for hope, and God brings up opportunities, and so my encouragement is to pray and also to give. You can give by, you can mail in your tithes and offerings to the church. You can also give online. And so you can go to the front page of our website, and there's a little card there, a page that will tell you how to give. There's all kinds of different ways to continue to give towards the mission to see lives changed by Jesus Christ. And so guys, what a privilege it is to gather with you this morning and I'm just so thankful for what God has already done. We've seen lives change. Last night we had people emailing in saying they're just hurting and this was exactly what they needed. Last weekend, listen, we're going to continue to proclaim Jesus Christ and continue to worship him, read his word, give people the truth. And so as we continue on this morning, let's pray and just ask God to calm our hearts, to calm our nerves, and to bring us true peace, which is going to come from reading his word and being with him. So let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Jesus, we love you. What a privilege it is. Uh, even, even though we're gathering online, we're still gathering in your name. You've called this gathering, and we're gathering in our living rooms. Maybe some of us are in different rooms in our house. Where, um, maybe some of us are even in our cars. We might be traveling, working for some reason. God, you've, you've brought us here. And some of us maybe are, going, are questioning why we're even watching this. You know, why? God, you know why. God, if you know the hairs on our heads, you know when we get up and when we go down. God, I saw yesterday, I saw the birds in my field pulling out food from the ground. And you say in your holy, precious word that if you will take care of the birds, God, you will take care of us. God, what a what a humbling experience that was for me. And I pray that you would just give our people this morning that experience, that as we read your word, as we take in full powerful truth that only comes from you, God, that we would know and rest assured that you will take care of us. Jesus, we pray for those in our communities who are wrestling with fear, those who are struggling with sickness. God, maybe nothing related to this coronavirus, but God's still struggling and hurting because of what they're going through. God, we just pray healing over them, um, that they would just find you in this moment. God, for those who are watching, who are just really wrestling and crippled crippled by fear, Uh, God, this would be a moment where they can lean into you. Uh, Would you grab a hold of them even just now? Lord, we love you. We worship you. You are king. And we just give you all the praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' precious name.
0: Lord, I can't help.
1: Your promises are true. And I think uh, the last couple weeks we've seen that um, doesn't quite always make sense and it doesn't quite always happen in our timing, Lord. But you're perfect and you're victorious and you're blameless in your love. So, God, we thank you that that that's who you are. I pray that you give us peace as, as we. Calm our hearts and let us soak up all the things that you'd have, Pastor Ken, communicate through your words. We love you. We praise your name, Jesus. Amen.
3: Well, aren't you glad to be tuning in this morning? We are so thankful for the technology that God has given us to be able to tune in and to be able to uh, communicate with you this morning. I uh, I want to encourage you this morning. We have a message of hope. We are the Hope Dealers. We're the Hope Dispensers, and, and that is our message. And the church, while we may not be gathering here in the building, we're meeting the CDC regulations of 10 or under this morning. That's why we're not gathering, and, and we are under that 10 this morning up here. So I want to encourage you this morning, wherever you're at, whether you're watching on your phone your iPad, your Google, cast into your TV. Let's just uh, sit back this morning and relax and enjoy the presence of God Almighty. Because He's here. He's here with you right now where you're at. And so as, as we just kick this back a little bit, I want to just look at God's Word. And I'm going to share with you some things that are so powerful that I think are going to transform your life right now. We're in the midst of a crisis, and the crisis is big. I'm not going to diminish the crisis. We have a national pandemic. Actually, it's a global pandemic. And uh, and I'm thankful for looking at history, because as we look at history and we see other pandemics that have come and that have gone, I just realized that I haven't seen one in my lifetime. And so as you look at this and you see that there were terrible things that have happened in days gone by, and, uh, and and I want to encourage you that while we are in the midst of some pretty bad stuff that's happening, that our God is alive, our God is real, and our God has a plan for your life. And so as we march through this this morning, I'm going to take a few passages that are going to be um, transformational, and I think they're going to apply to right where you're living today. Because right where you're living, right where I'm living, is the moment that we have all this um, barrage of information that is coming our way. We have fear on top of fear coming our way. We have information on top of information. And it just is overwhelming as you as you take this all in. So what I want to do is start off with a parable. We've been talking about the parables of Jesus. And I'm going to show you how that this parable relates to what you're living with today. And like when Jesus got up to speak, whenever he got up to teach, he taught these things. And when he taught them, they were applicable in that day and they're applicable today in our life in 2020 in the midst of a uh, national pandemic. Mark chapter four, verse 26 says this. And this is the first parable we're going to look at this morning. It says that this is what the kingdom of God is like. So Jesus is teaching. He says, this is what the kingdom of God is like a man scatters seed on the ground now a few weeks ago pastor luke shared with you about the the parable of the sow uh, of the sower of the soils and we looked at the four different types of soil today we're going to look at the seed and the importance of the seed and how does the seed grow so how does the seed grow in your life it says here it says that night and day verse 27 jesus continues night and day whether he sleeps or gets up the, speed, uh, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. So in other words, God comes along with his uh, with this seed and he's planting this seed. And that's what's going on right now. Uh, the seed is being planted in your heart. If, if you're tuning in this morning, you're watching wherever, I want you to know that the word of God is coming to you right now. And it's a seed and it's going into the soil of your heart. And the scripture says here, night and day, whether he sleeps or not, uh, no matter what the farmer does, the seed grows on its own. And he does not know how. All by itself, verse 28, all by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stock, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And so what he's talking about is a process of growth. And when the Word of God, whenever God's Word comes to you, it's a seed in it and it has to get embedded into into the soil of your heart. And as it gets embedded in there and it starts to grow, all of a sudden you can look and you see this thing that starts to grow. Well, this is what happens in our life. I can't take the credit for what's happening in my life. I can only prepare soil. I can only prepare environment. But what grows is from the, from God Himself. And so as God has been growing this in my life for many, many years, I want to encourage you that God is growing it in your life. Verse 29, as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. So he says that, listen, once, once we come down to this point of harvest, then he reaps the harvest. So we go from seed all the way to harvest. Jesus is teaching this, and it's a parable to to this crowd. And, these, and most of the people didn't understand it. Most of the people didn't get it. They're standing back there and they're saying, wow, all right. And and so what Jesus would do is he would teach a parable like this. And as he would do it, he would just kind of leave it out there. He wouldn't explain it. He would leave it out there. And if you saw the seed growing in your life, you'd walk away and say, oh, yeah, I've got the seed growing in my life and and, and I've got faith. I, I can see it growing. And then he goes on the next Mark, chapter four, verse 30, the very next verse. He says, again, what shall we say the kingdom of God is like? or what parable shall we set, shall we use to describe it. Uh verse 31 is it like a mustard seed which is the smallest seed you plant in the ground yet when planted verse 32 yet when planted it grows and becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. With many similar parables Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when Jesus was alone with his disciples, he explained everything. So Jesus comes along first. He talks about the seed. And then he takes a step further. He says, and what about this little, little seed? He says, the kingdom of God is like this. It's like a mustard seed, which is the smallest thing that you can plant. And if you go and you were to Google a mustard seed, you would find that it is indeed the tiniest seed that you can possibly find. And he says from that tiny little seed, you take that and you plant it, and all of a sudden it grows and grows. And according to what Jesus says here, he says when it grows, it is the largest of all the garden plants. Such big branches that the birds of the air can perch in its shade. So so this tremendous... Tremendous plant grows from this incredible little seed. I think it's kind of interesting that Jesus is teaching them here about the kingdom of God and he's teaching them about faith. And as he does, I'm reminded of another passage where Jesus said, if you would just have the faith of a mustard seed. And folks, right now, what we're experiencing in our world with this pandemic, what we are experiencing, we need faith. We need just a mustard seed of faith. God's not looking for any faith giants because He's the one who grows the faith in your life. He's looking for you to just believe Him. What is faith? Faith is believing that God is who He is. Faith is believing in His character, in His in His. Uh, and who He is and what He said He will do. And so as we look and we understand all the things about God and His character, what do we know about Him? We know that He's loving. We know that He's just. We know that He's good. He's always good. He's always present. And so when you have that now, you can get that into your life and realize that my God is always good and my God is always present. And so I want to encourage you, take this little mustard seed of faith this morning and start there. Start with a mustard seed. Plant that little seed. And watch God, as He says in His Word here, what you will not be able to see it grow, but it's going to grow. You will look back and you'll say, wow, I remember when I was just a little seed over there. You'll be able to look back and say, I remember when I was just a, a little sprout. And then one day you'll look at your life and you'll say, I cannot believe the great faith that has grown in my life. And I look at my life and I say, wow, from the time I was a kid... That's what happened to me in this church. Somebody told me that Jesus loved me. And so as a young child, I said, all right, I'm going to believe that. I'm going to trust that. And I'm going to place my heart on there. And I've done that and I've grown ever since. And I'll tell you what, it's not because of something that I've done. And it's not because I'm some spiritual giant. It's because of what these verses say here, that God grows faith in our life. Now, I want you to think about this because the disciples were taking this in and the crowd takes it in. And everybody's thinking, well, yeah, I got faith. Uh, some of them are thinking, what he, what's he talking about? But if you were in the 12 disciples, you were the tightest 12, and you're right there with Jesus, you're walking away saying, yeah, I, I, it must be grown because I'm part of him. I, I'm with him wherever he goes. And, and so they're, they're catching this idea. But what Jesus was going to do was to teach them a lesson about faith. And he starts out in the day with parables. And look what happens in the very next verse. That day, verse 35, when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. Here's what happened. Jesus would teach and quite often he would come up and he would teach out of the back of a boat. They would have the boat there, just a, a fisherman's boat, and the fisherman's boat would be just offshore, and as they would teach off of the, off of the, uh, off of the water, into the land would be like a natural amphitheater. And he could speak to many more crowds. And, and so the crowds would be large, and th- this would be a common occurrence for a rabbi to do. So Jesus goes down, and he's, he's sitting in the boat, and, and the crowds gather rather largely. And so he begins to teach, and as he's had a long day of teaching, so he just taught the two parables that I just shared with you. He says, if you want to have faith, this is what you gotta do. Um, you, you know, God's the one who sows the seed. And that's what the kingdom of God is like. The kingdom of God's just like this little, little bit of a, a mustard seed, and it's gonna grow. So he settled that, and then he tells his disciples, hey, let's get away from the crowd. And folks, that's what I want to remind you this morning, that God's wanting you and I to get away with him. He wants you to get away. And so he says, hey, let's go. Let's get away from the crowd. Let's go together. Uh, verse 37. While they're out there, the boats out in, into the Sea of Galilee, a furious storm came up and the waves break, break, broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Uh, as you read it, it's really what it was. was a windstorm comes in. And so this windstorm whips in and, and it just is crashing the waves everywhere and all of a sudden it says that the boat was nearly swamped. There's so much water. Now catch this. If you're Jesus and you've got your twelve disciples and you're hanging out with the twelve disciples, uh, what are you going to try and teach them in the middle of a storm? So look at what Jesus is doing here. Verse 38. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him up and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? And I just wonder if some of us are thinking that today. I just wonder if in the world that we're living in, that we ask that same question. Jesus, don't you care? I, I want to give you some thoughts here. Like, like Jesus is in that boat and he's sleeping and his disciples come to him and they say, don't you care? Don't you understand that we have a, a, a traumatic problem here? And, and I think many people are asking that same question today. Jesus, where are you? You know, the psalmist asked that question. If you go and you read in the Psalms, uh, anytime there was trouble and you, you see there was heartache and pain, the psalmist would cry out, Oh God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? God, where are you today? And so this is what happened. But could you imagine, you're one of the twelve disciples. You just were, you've been with Jesus for a while now, and, and you were at the end of a long day of teaching, and you're thinking, man, we're gonna go out, and he's gonna, He's gonna do some other cool thing out here, you know? We're thinking he's gonna have fish sandwiches out there or something. I don't know, but you're, you're thinking Jesus is gonna, we're gonna have fun. Like, if I'm going fishing, I'm gonna go fishing with Jesus, you know? You're gonna catch fish when you're with Jesus. And, and so, so they're, they're, th- this is all in their mind. They're just a bunch of young guys. And Jesus goes and he falls asleep like like he's 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 on this cushion and he's asleep and then verse 39 he got up he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves quiet peace silence be still then the wind, then the wind died down and it was completely calm he said to his disciples why are you so afraid why are you so afraid do you, do you still have no faith I, he just spent the whole day teaching about faith. He's talking about the seed and he's talking about how faith and, and, and have a mustard seed of faith. And, and he gives them all these lessons. And, and the disciples were probably thinking, yeah, we're, we're on the inner circle. We got this thing covered. We got faith. And then they go out and the boat is rocking. And they're saying, what? Jesus, don't you care? And Jesus replies, where's your faith? Don't you have faith? They were terrified and they asked each other, verse 41. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves, they obey him. And so Jesus does this great miracle. He stands up and he calms the waves. But but there's a few thoughts I want you to catch this this morning. Number one is that Jesus wants you to have faith in him. Right now is the time to place your faith in Jesus. As I read through the Bible, I see that it says over and over that today is the day. Do not wait to place your faith in Jesus. Do not wait till tomorrow. Now is the time. Today is the day. Uh, call upon the Lord Jesus. But, but consider with me this. The, the disciples, they, they were with Jesus when he changed water into wine. That had to have been so cool for them to witness. Uh, They were with the official's healing whenever uh, the official's son was healed. Uh, And could you imagine them just watching and say, wow, that person, look at the healing. Uh, They saw demon-possessed man uh, be healed. They saw the demons driven out of a a person. They saw Peter's mother-in-law get healed. They saw the healing of many on one evening in, in the book of Mark. His preaching and casting out of demons. They they were witnessing all these events. They watched Him heal a leper. Nobody else would touch a leper. Jesus goes and touches the leper and He heals him. They witnessed all this. Uh, They saw Him uh, raise a paralyzed man. They saw Him heal a man with a withered hand. And and there were so many other things that are not recorded. The book of John says that, that we wouldn't have enough pages. We wouldn't have enough volumes of libraries to be able to contain... The life of Christ in its entirety. In other words, when you were with Jesus, you saw miracles happening everywhere that you go. And so Jesus is is engaged here. And these disciples were with Him. and And then they get out in the boat. And when their life comes under subjection, what do they do? Jesus, don't you care? And I want to encourage you today. Because I think many of us have seen God do great things in our life. But the first thing... That went in our minds was don't you care? You see, the disciples had seen it all, yet they struggled with faith. And this morning, if you're struggling with faith, I want to encourage you to just start with a mustard seed. And I want to encourage you to place your faith in the God Almighty who lives forever who resurrected from the dead, who conquered death itself. We're going to celebrate Easter coming up in a few weeks, whether we're here or whether we're in groups of ten for three weeks in a row. We will celebrate Easter. Amen? I know you're saying amen in your living room right now. All right? So I, I want to encourage you. This is what God is going to do. We're going to celebrate. But listen, the disciples, they've seen it all. They struggled with faith. We have the risen Lord. We understand that He's the risen Lord. And so what are some of the things that we can apply to our life today? Number one, when Jesus was in the boat, he was sleeping. And why was he sleeping? Was he sleeping just to teach the disciples something? No. Jesus was sleeping because he was at peace in spite of the storm. Jesus was at peace in spite of the storm that was raging around him. You see when we when we go through life and we we look at the storms you will always be distraught when you look at the storm don't look at the storm look at the god and so what i have to do is i have to get my eyes off the storm the storm will always rage you know when our, when our kids were little and we would uh, we would have a you know, those nights whenever the storm would move in and the thunder and lightning just crack and you, and you know all that and you, you hear that all. And then your kids come running into your room and they're afraid. And then, you know, you're up. Uh, sometimes you stay up when you hear that wind really howling and, and you, you hear the warnings on the news. And, and you're hearing, you know, uh, li- listening for that railroad sound, uh, that, that train sound of a tornado. And, and you're scared. Um, Jesus was sleeping right through it. Because he was at peace. And I I have to share this with you, that as I've been walking through this, I'm saying, you know what? I can have peace. And and some of the things that I've been able to, to work through, I've been sleeping like I've never slept before. I'm like, why am I sleeping better now than ever? Because I'm at peace despite the storm that's raging around me. Yes, there are many bad things that are happening and many potential bad things that are happening But I want you to understand this that true faith, when you have true faith, it is possible to have peace in the midst of the storm. Faith will find peace in the midst of the storm, okay? And so think about that with me. If you have real faith, just that of a mustard seed. Okay, you don't you don't even have to have great faith. Just faith in a great God. And so when you put your faith in this great God, you real faith, genuine faith will find peace in the middle of the raging storm. That's what Jesus did. That's what what he modeled for us. And so I want to just share with you a few passages with you how to have peace in the middle of the storm, right? The first one is Psalm 23, verse 4. Check this out. Even though, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, when you think about this, he says that even though I walked through the valley of the shadow of death, Pastor John Arnold, who was pastor here for 47 years, he used to tell a story about whenever he went over to Israel on a sightseeing tour. Uh, there, there was a place over there that they that the, one day the tourists drove up the bus and everybody got out and they looked down over this cliff, over this hillside, if you will, and, uh, and he says, listen, down there, is what we believe is the valley of the shadow of death. And as they looked at the valley of the shadow of death, it was dark in there and it got very little light because of the because of the the landscape. And so there was a, a little path, a little traveling way to get down there that so you could walk into there. And then on the other side of the valley you could see the path going up to other greener pastures. And and so and and, and, and the man would tell the the sightseers, he said, Now listen If you're careful, you can look and you will find that there's life in the valley of the shadow of death. When you read the the Hebrew here, the the word shadow of death is really trying to tell us despair, dark clouds. And he says, yea, even though I'm going through despair and darkness and overwhelmingness, I will fear no evil. Why? Because God is with me. And folks, that's what I'm asking you to have this morning. True faith, you will find peace in the midst of the raging storm. Because in the middle of the raging storm, you will find peace knowing that, not knowing about the darkness of the cloud. You already know the darkness of the cloud. But knowing what this verse says, for you are with me. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Folks, there is life in the valley of the shadow of death. Folks, this morning, as we are here and uh, and and you're dealing with the, the darkness, you're dealing with the overwhelming despair, I want to encourage you that there is life and that life is going to come from the faith that you will place in Christ. And when we place our faith there, you can be like Jesus sleeping through the storm. And as you place your faith in, in Christ, uh, you, you will have that. But it's not going to come, you're not going to get that from the social media. Social media is taking everything. I think you can only believe about one-tenth of what you find on social media. Uh, and l- Listen, they take it and they me- meme it. They redo it. They reconfigure it. Uh, the, the, uh, the media in general is giving you a barrage of information right now. Uh, you, you're hearing information. You Google search it and you go through all these things. And I want to encourage you to stop those things, to diminish those things, and just simply to sit back and enjoy Being with God. Fear no evil because God is with you. Imagine if you could go two days this week and not get an update on the news about what's going on. Imagine if you could do that and place your heart and your faith and just enjoy, for many of you that are homebound during this time, uh, hopefully we get a little bit of sunshine this week in Pittsburgh, and you'll be able to just sit outside on your porch and enjoy extended time. Like, really just stop and say, Okay, God, I don't know. And like I said last week, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know who knows. And keep your faith there. I don't know, but I know who knows. And keep your faith on the God who knows what's going to happen. I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. God is our good shepherd. His rod, his staff, he is going to take care of his sheep. Do not think for one moment, folks, that God has forgotten about his people. As I said earlier, the uh, the history of pandemics, um, I just downloaded a book last night reading about the history of pandemics. Uh, it's kind of interesting, and uh, my daughter, she's going for a public health degree. She's telling me about whenever, uh, whenever they first tried to uh, deal with the cholera pandemic. And how that everybody was drinking from one spring. And he didn't really have the science at that point. But he, he told them to stop drinking from this spring. And he went over and he basically said that the spring was broken or whatever. And he, he stopped them from getting water and made these people come over here and was able to, to stop the pandemic. Uh, listen, we will get through this. We will get through this. This may be a two-week Two months. I don't know what God's going to allow this to go on for. But I want you to know that we will get through this. And there is life in the valley of the shadow of death. And there's another side. And so these these days will soon pass. Proverbs 3.24 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Uh, whenever you go back and look at Proverbs chapter 3, he's talking about fearing the Lord. He says, If you place your faith in god and you fear the lord you take his word in he says that when you lie down you'll not be afraid folks tonight when you go to bed i want you to not be afraid i want you to be able to lie down and let your mind be at rest and i'm going to give you some very helpful ways to do that here in just a moment Psalm 46, chapter 1. Here's another another way to, to build, our, build our faith. God is our refuge and strength. He's an ever-present help in a time of trouble. He is an ever-present help in trouble. The, cling to that, folks. Place your faith there. That's uh, The storm is raging. Don't, uh, don't think that He's not here. He's here. He says He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's ever-present. That means He's not leaving. He's not walking away from this situation. He has not been taken by surprise. Uh, therefore, we will not fear. I love that. God is our ever-present help and in a time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and the foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at the break of day. You see, folks, the psalmist says that no matter what happens, no matter what, if, uh, if everything falls... If everything crumbles, if the whole world shatters, we will not fare because the Most High, our God, is with us. He is our refuge. Nations, verse 6, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, he lifts his voice, and the earth melts. I love that. He's, He's showing you this morning, he's saying, listen, the nations are in uproar. The nations are in uproar right now, are they not? We're dealing with a global situation. The entire earth is uh, is 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 in an uproar and he says that whenever God lifts his voice the earth melts. The Lord Almighty verse 7, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Here we go. How do we have no fear? The Lord God Almighty is with us. Come and see the works of the Lord, verse 8. Come and see the works of the Lord, the desolations that He has brought on the earth. He makes wars to see, uh, He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, shatters the, the spear. He burns the shield with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Oh, I've shared this verse with you before. Be still. And know that I am God. But put it in the context of what you're dealing with today. Take what the psalmist said. He said, though everything crumbles, though there's problems everywhere, our ever-present God is our refuge and our strength. We will not fear. Therefore be still. So today I want to encourage you. Be still. Make time to be quiet. A few weeks ago, in January, I started with a series called Unhurried. (laughs) Uh, Now we're unhurried, aren't we? Our whole world is unhurried. (laughs) Uh, A few months ago, I had to teach you how to be unhurried. Pretty soon, maybe the next series in, in about three months will be how to be hurried again. I don't know. But I want you to catch this out with me. Go back and check out some of those unhurried series. Because we're talking about getting in the presence of God. And while your schedule is diminished, while some of you are working from home, and while many are not working at all, I want you to know that our mind can be hurried. And while the schedule is gone, our mind goes into high gear. And it's like you can just be, you can be wound up, you can take every piece of information, and you can, you, your mental health will suffer. God says, stop. Be still. And know that I am God. I will be exalted. And and as I'm thinking about this, God, you're going to be exalted through this. There's a pandemic that's sweeping around the world and God says, hang tight. You're my people. He doesn't say that you'll always be healthy. He doesn't say that you'll have no problems. He doesn't say that you'll always have the money that you desire. He says, you'll always be my people. And I will always take care of you. I will always meet your basic needs. You're mine. And I want to encourage you to be still. To just stop. Be still. And know that He is God. And know that He will be exalted around the whole globe. And we are the ones who get to exalt Him. So I want to encourage you to be still. Be silent. Get into His presence. Do it often. During this time of quarantine, uh, do it often. And get before the Father and say, Okay, God, I'm here. I'm yours. And exalt Him. Raise His name up on high. Tell Him what a good God He is. Tell Him, God, You are so wonderful. The Lord Almighty is with us. Verse 11. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Folks, the key to peace is genuine faith. The key to peace is genuine faith. And when you understand that, because you go back and you look at all these, all these verses we just looked at, here's what's happened. Many people know it. They have a head knowledge. But their day-to-day living of it is not there. They are walking away. It's one thing to know all the theology. It's another thing to live it. And that's what genuine faith does. You see, genuine faith is not head knowledge. Head knowledge is just head knowledge. You can memorize the facts of the Bible like any other book, like any other information. But God says, I want you to have faith. And so faith is looking at what you cannot see, the great God of the universe who's caring for you and putting your trust in him. He died on the cross. He paid for your sin once for all forever. So how do we grow that faith? How, how, do, how do I keep watering that faith? Like, like you have this little mustard seed. God's going to grow in your life. The, the, the Word of God is going to grow. Well, look what he says here in Romans chapter 10. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I, I want to encourage you, uh, especially more now than ever, to get alone with God, to open up His Word and read it. The, the Scriptures say that this is the streams of living water. When you, when you come to Jesus, you're drinking from living water. These are the streams of living water. And I want to encourage you to, to take your Bible and to make an appointment and meet with God. Because if not, you'll, you'll just be running to all the things that you're hearing. Make this a time a priority with God. Um, if, if, you, if you don't have a Bible, go online, uh, go on your phone, go to the Bible app, it's Bible.com on the internet. You can go and download the Version Bible and it will actually read it to you. I love it. Just go to the book of John. Start there, the book of John. And you pick out the, the New Living Translation. I know that's one of the ones that will read to you. And you read it and you listen to it and you just take it in. Because the Scripture says here that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Uh, if you're looking for comfort, go to the book of Psalms. I shared with you Psalm 46 this morning. There are many, many verses all throughout the book of Psalms. But take this Folks, and faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Um, Paul, Paul was a man. The scriptures tell us about Paul, the apostle. He walked this earth. He was uh, called by God. God transformed his life. And then uh, at one point, Paul became a man who was under house arrest. Some of you feel like you're under house arrest, don't you? You're not literally, but it feels like that. You have all this confinement, and it's, it's really hard for our minds because in our, in our day, we've never had this type of confinement. Um, he says the Apostle Paul wrote many letters from jail and from house arrest. And so he wrote these letters to the churches at, at different places, to the churches at Ephesus, to the church at Thessalonica, to the church at... Uh, Philippi, and so uh, I'm going to give you a, a little bit from the letter that he wrote to the church at Philippi. It's Philippians chapter four. Now, this is some of Paul's closing remarks, but I believe it's a prescription for how to deal with what we're dealing with right now. Okay, now, verse four, Philippians four four. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Folks, the early church faced lots of persecution. They first, uh, fa- faced famine. They fe- faced oh, excuse me. They faced it all, and uh, and and he says, rejoice in the Lord always. He doesn't say only rejoice when it's good. He said rejoice always. That includes when it's bad. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And I think that's a big statement that we need to remember today. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Everybody's digesting this differently. Some people are alarmed. Some people are non-alarmed. And and there's a a broad spectrum either way. And I want us all to be gentle with each other. I, I want us to understand that the people of our world need more now than ever is gentleness. And so my family needs gentleness from me. Have you noticed how much you get on each other's nerves when you're together for this long of time? It's amazing how that my family loves me all the more right now, right? They're stuck at home. They're home. They're working from home. And it's, uh, it's just so easy that we can let the little things bug us. You see what he says here? He says, let your gentleness be evident. Folks, our faith has got to be evident and it will come out in our gentleness to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. The Lord is here with us. Um, Do not be anxious. I love this. Do not be anxious about anything. Uh, In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Do not be anxious. Do not be worried. It's easy to become filled with worry. And he says, don't do that. Don't go there. He says, but, and I love that, when God takes something away, he replaces it always. If God's telling you not to do something here, he always gives you the positive thing that's going to change your life. And why does he tell us not to worry? Because worry destroys our life. And uh, last week I showed, did this with you, and I'll do it with you again. This is what worry does. It just shreds your mind. And here it is, it's like, you know what, the double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Things are bad, things are good, and we're, we're all over the map, and we're hurting, and we're broken. And so we end up shredding our mind. So the Scriptures tell us, do not worry. Do not worry. But, instead of worry, pray about everything. Pray by, by prayer and with petition, with thanksgiving. Present your request to God. And so i want to give you a little little acrostic here that I learned years ago Um how to pray. Start. It's called the axe acrostic. Just start with a adoration. I'm going to pray to God. I'm going to adore him. So that means you're just telling him how good he is. God, you're awesome. You are faithful. And, and just start to tell him, because as we tell him who he, who's hearing it, I am. And verbalize it. Like, say it out loud. God, you are awesome. On my way in this morning, in the car, it's just me and God. I said, God, I trust you. You are the God of the universe. I lift your name up on high. I adore you. It's so much more than just the time that we spend in church. It is a way of life. And he says to pray to him. So let's pray to him. Number one, start by adoring our great God. And then uh, uh, confession. See his confession. Confess your sins your faults before the Father. God, I'm sorry for not trusting You. I'm sorry for panicking. I'm sorry for fear. God, I'm sorry for mistreating my family. And the list goes on and on. And just tell it to God. And then the T is thanksgiving, like the verse says here. Uh, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Just thank Him. God, You've sustained me. God, You've given me life. God, You've given me the health that I have right here, right now. Present your request to God. Make your request known to God. Present them to God Almighty and, uh, and allow Him to be able to take care of it. He says, Thanksgiving, and then the S is supplication. That means just praying for others and praying for yourself, lifting those requests before the Lord. And here's the this is the, the antidote for worry. He's giving you a prescription. He says, write this down. Imagine you go to the doctor and you you go in with worry and he writes this down. This is what Dr. God's saying. And and God, your your father, the great healer, the great physician says, here's how to handle worry. And here's how to do it in the middle of a pandemic. Do not worry. Number one, but by prayer. Let your request be made known to God. He says, verse seven, if you'll do that, then the peace of God which passes all understanding, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Folks, the peace of God will not transcend your heart if you're worrying. It will do this when you come and put your mind on the presence of God Almighty. So there is an action. You cannot worry and and lift God up at the same time. We have, we're concerned. We are greatly concerned. This is a, a, a situation in our world that we've never faced in my lifetime. God says, Do not worry. Do not worry. Come to me. And so as we do that, it's we're like the disciples. We get rattled. The storm's raging. It's tough. Rejoice in the Lord always. This is how we do it. The peace of God will guard your hearts and mind. And you know what? Right now, more than ever, you need your mind and you need your heart to be guarded. And God says, I will guard your heart when you present your request to me. So, in other words, when you come, it's just like the little kid when he wakes up in the middle of the storm and goes crying into his mom's room. Mom and dad are there. And today, God wants you to go into his room and talk to him. And then he says this He says, finally, brothers, whatever is true. So, this is all in the same passage. Finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's admirable, if there's anything that is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. He says, don't be thinking of all the storm. Jesus slept through the storm. Let us sleep through the storm. Because God Guards our hearts and minds. Finally, whatever's true, this means that you have to filter those thoughts. Somebody once told me this outline here it says that we get automatic negative thoughts, ants, automatic negative thoughts. And what do you do with ants? You have to stomp them out. Take those automatic negative thoughts and stomp them out. Oh, there's a lot of bad things. There's a lot of bad information coming your way. Stomp out the automatic negative thoughts. And then the the, the the apostle continues. He says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and then the God of peace will be with you. He says, when you practice it. Many folks who follow Jesus for a long, long time have not practiced it. They have the head knowledge. But today, God's telling us to practice it. And when we practice it, we will see the God of peace will be with you. You will visually see it in your life. And I want to challenge you to go there this week. I rejoice greatly, verse 10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that you have have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I have learned to be content with whatever the circumstance. Paul's giving you the insider secret here. Be content. Don't worry about hoarding toilet paper right now. Be content. You don't have to hoard food. Be content. You know what the early church did, folks? The early church didn't go hoard all the food for themselves. They gave food to everybody else. Folks, that's why I'm, I'm thrilled. I, I want to encourage you. Go get a, a shopping bag this week when you're making your grocery store run. Fill it up. Uh, get some non-perishable items. Uh, put a loaf of bread in there, peanut butter, and jelly, and, and put it in a bag and, and just tie the bag up and drop it on the porch of the church. You won't even have to come in contact with anybody else. We're going to be taking it out. We're working with blessings in a backpack. We're gonna be helping families that, 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 uh, that that they help on a regular basis. And we're gonna supplement them and come alongside and help families right in our own community. We're gonna give food to those that are in, that are experiencing extreme need right now. Uh, He says this. He says, I've learned to be content. I know what it's like to be in need. And I know, verse 12, what it is like to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And then he says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Folks, you can do this. We will get through this. The Apostle Paul, he was shipwrecked. He was... House arrest. He was under jail rest. He says, I've had good times. I've had bad times. And I've learned the secret is to be content when I have nothing and to be content when I have much. And I think in America, we were only content when we had much. And the days may be coming where we have little. The secret is to not strive to get that all back. The secret is to be content wherever you are. So as we wrap up this morning, I'm going to give you four reviews here. Number one, you need this faith, and you need to hear the Word of God to do it. Hear the Word of God. Get on the Bible app. Listen to the Word of God. Get this thing rolling into your heart and into your ears. You will not know the right thing until you hear the right thing, until you place the right thing in your heart. So God says, you've got to get the right thing. And the right thing is not coming from any media. It's going to come from God Almighty. Number two, stomp out the ants. There's ants' automatic negative thoughts everywhere. Stomp them. Stomp them. Stomp them. Do not let yourself go there. Do not. Listen, everybody, we're all doing it. It happens. And I'll tell you what, the automatic negative thoughts come and I have to stomp them out. And so I want to encourage you to do the same. Stomp out the automatic negative thoughts. Then I want you to pray. I want you to pray, pray, pray. Seek the face of the Almighty. Because when you're in the Almighty, like Moses said, I'm hidden in the cleft of the rock. I'm under the wing of the Almighty. That's where you're going to find the peace. The Apostle Paul says, that's where peace is. And then enjoy God's peace. Enjoy it. Practice it. And enjoy it. His presence is with you so as we wrap up this morning, I'm just going to ask you right where you're at to bow your head and, and, and to close your eyes and to, to seek God with me this morning. Because God is with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sin. He came back to life again for you. And He's asked you to just simply trust Him. So you may be watching this morning. You say, Pastor Ken, I've never gone to church in my life. A friend of mine told me to to watch you this morning, and I want to invite you this morning to trust Jesus. Maybe you've been coming to church for many years, and you have not truly trusted Christ. Now is the time, today is the day, to open your heart to Jesus. Jesus said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So if that's you this morning, right where you're at in the privacy of your own home, would you just simply bow in prayer? And say something like this to God. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I've done wrong things. But I believe that you died on the cross. That you paid for my sin. That you rose again. And God, I give you my heart and I give you my soul right now. God, I need your peace in my life just prayed that prayer with me today, I say welcome to the family of God. For others, I'm going to encourage you. Maybe you have not been practicing what God's called us to practice. Maybe you have gone to the the torment of worry. God says this world is not your home. You're just passing through. There's something laid up. Treasures in heaven. And I want to encourage you this morning to lay up those treasures in heaven and to place your faith in Jesus. Jesus is not absent from the storm. And he wants you to not be absent from the storm, but he wants you to be able to sleep through the storm. So, today, take a minute with God as you do that. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to meet online this morning. I'm thankful for the the many people from our church and from our community that have joined us this morning. I'm thankful for the words of peace and hope, because we are the hope dispensers. We're out there telling everyone about the great news of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each person that has tuned in. And for those that will watch this later and will watch it over and over, God, do your work transform our life in the midst of this crisis God I thank you for those that opened their heart and trusted you today and I ask that you will give them great great growth of their faith in the days to come in your name we pray Amen Now folks before we wrap up this morning I'm going to ask you to do two things number one if you, uh, if you would just go to our church website crsmin.com uh, there's a connect card on there it's our virtual connect card. And When we're in church, we have the friendship folders. I'm going to ask you to go there and, and, and just log in and, and say, hey, you know, we were here. We watched the 930. And, and, uh, and if you trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you just prayed with me this morning, would you hit on there? It says, I have decided. And you just, you just hit that, that I've decided to trust Jesus. Maybe for some of you, you rededicated your life. If that's you, hit that, that you rededicated your life. We're glad that you're here today. Thanks for joining us online. We're going to be starting another service again at 11 o'clock and spread the word. God bless you. You are dismissed.